Hello everyone and welcome in to the Irish NFL Show Week 10 Preview with me, Colm Cronin. Delighted to be joined by Brian O'Leary. Brian, how are you doing this evening? I'm good, Colm. It's a consistent team, isn't it? Two nights in a row, just just me and you keeping team, keeping the show on the road, shall we say. Michael is off in, I'm sure people know at this stage that Michael is in Munich, having made sure he was there. Uh, I mean, he was in the limelight today, wasn't he? With Good Morning Football, and you could, uh, you could spot that big Irish head anywhere in the in the background. Just surprised he didn't have a Kerry jersey on. Yeah, he probably missed the trick there. He could have gotten a lot more mileage out of that if he had a more Kerry jersey. I think that would go against his grain to be wearing a Kerry jersey. In fairness, in fairness <laughs> to Michael, uh, Mark is off uh, unfortunately with uh, work commitments this week. But uh, look, we've got ten games, I believe, to get through over the course of the next hour or so. Um, another very interesting weekend, as you called out rightly so. We're getting into the second part of the season um, where it really starts to hot up in terms of who's going to be making their way into the playoffs come January. Absolutely. And uh, we are brought to you in partnership with Cassidy Travel. You can check out the specials they have for trips stateside. But Brian, they aren't our only partners. No, uh, we also have another partner, which is PointsBet, who are an uh, American-orientated uh, sports betting market. Um, they're fortunately not now, not as yet, but you know they're not a, available as a betting option in the Republic of Ireland. But they are very good to us. Um, they've got a lot of uh, opportunities to work within Dublin in their technical section. So anybody who is keen to consider a new uh, path in their working career, maybe should consider looking at points. But um, we've had some really good conversations with them. They've been very supportive and very helpful to us. And myself and Michael do a betting podcast every week. I believe it's it went out yesterday afternoon and then uh, we take all the prices from the points bet website which is based out of new york and um, slightly different and slightly tailored to what we'd see from the local bookmakers within the republic of ireland but still it they're very uh they're very helpful and it goes towards a really good betting podcast and we've had a great response to that betting podcast and uh, over the pa- past couple of weeks and uh and may continue um yeah so they're another partner that i've been heavily involved so it's it's worth calling them out as well Absolutely. And uh, yeah, we do have um, quite some uh, interesting games to discuss. Um, I, I, I wonder uh, what will be the status of Dan Schneider and the Washington Commanders by the time uh, the Monday night game rolls around. That will be interesting to, to see at that point. Um, but reports this evening that a lot of the players are none too happy with the team basically using um, Robinson as a uh, distraction tool. Um, I suppose, Brian, kind of fitting maybe, uh, obviously, um, you know, yourself and Michael are in uh, Munich uh, this weekend and there should be um, content kind of coming out throughout the, the weekend. So we, uh, um, and last night we discussed the Thursday Night Football with D Orlando. Um, so we will leave you and Michael to discuss the Bucks Seahawks, which I think should be a really interesting game. But kind of fitting that the first game we're going to discuss uh, this evening is two of the teams that have been in talked about a lot this week. Uh, obviously, the, the Bills and, and Josh Allen's injury, but a lot of talk as well about the Vikings and whether they are for real or not. They are on the road. They head to Buffalo uh, to take on the 6-2 and two Bills coming off that loss against the, the Jets. What are your thoughts on this game? Oh, this game is the makings of it. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm glad we're speaking about this one for us. It's, to me, it is the, the marquee game this weekend. 7-1 Vikings team, probably unexpected to me in many ways. I know like, there was mixed opinions on this show and 
this is probably the one team that's caused so much heartache over the years for fans, whether you support them or not, in terms of how they find ways to throw away games. But we've seen a different Vikings this year under head coach Kevin O'Connell. We were fortunate to have him on the show uh, late July. He was a fantastic guest. A um, bit of a whirlwind week for him. Um, don't know if everybody knows or aware of what happened to him last week with his wife having their fourth child and he was at the birth only then straight to, literally to leave immediately and fly directly with the team to Washington for a game which was turned out as I expected a really tough game they found a way to win and we had a conversation a few weeks back around you know the Vikings team involved would find ways to lose games uh, when it's a one score game they've won six one score games this year and Kirk Cousins and I hold my hands up I was very you know, arguments about him and I didn't feel he's the right quarterback to lead him because of the personality that he has and we've seen all the information that's come out around him and the broken down relationship we had with Mike Zimmer but it's clear from watching the coverage of him in the locker room last weekend and obviously the stuff that's come out since with him travelling back and the camaraderie within the, the team that he is bought into the team the team are bought into playing for Kirk Cousins as quarterback his stats alone last week again 285 yards, 2 plus touchdowns tour game in a row which he's thrown two touchdowns on the road. That's the type of stuff a lot of people expect from Kirk Cousins. We don't know whether he's at the level of top five, top six quarterbacks in the league, but certainly, especially with the money in which he's paid, that's the kind of continued success we have to see from him. They've got great players. Like the Hawkinson comes in. That's a, like We spoke about how why the Lions gave him away, but for a trade to happen within the division and for him to hit the ground running with, well, 80-odd yards in his first game last weekend, a real threat for this offense. To coincide with Justin Jefferson. On the other side, the Bills, it's a difficult one for the Bills because how does the secondary, um, who's had a series of injuries, looks like they're getting a few players back, manage to curtail this explosive offense of the Vikings? We've seen Cook in the backfield. Jefferson's always a threat. You've got Thielen. And, and obviously, the, the million dollar question is Josh Allen, is he going to play? The likelihood right now, it doesn't seem like he's going to play. That seems to be the general consensus. He didn't practice again today. They're a different team with Josh Allen. Like essentially, they've no run game. Let's be fair. Like Singletary is, is does his utmost. They try to keep the offense balanced, but they don't really have a run game. They brought in Hines from the Colts on the trade deadline for a reason. Try to give them a bit of a kickstart. Josh Allen essentially is the quarterback, and he's the running quarterback, and he's their running back. And without him in the team, I find it difficult. To, despite the fact that they're at home, and many people still have them as favourites to see how they'll win this game. And um, I looked at the the points in which each team is putting up on average. The Vikings are putting up 24 to 25 points a game. The Bills are putting up an average of 27 points. But that's a very different team with Josh Allen. Takes away the run element, takes away the throwing element. They're going to have to run with Case Keenum. Let's be fair, he's good quarterback, serviceable. But it's back to that clip of Andy Dalton conversation. Will he do a job for you for one or two games, potentially? There's a storyline there in itself, the fact that he was, he was with the Vikings. He went to the championship game when they got blown out by the Eagles a number of years ago. But I'm going to go with the upset. I'm going to go with the Vikings um, on the basis that Josh Allen doesn't play. And even if Josh Allen did play, I'd still see the Vikings running close. But I'm going to stick with the Vikings to win this game. Yeah, you, a lot of a lot of fair points there. I suppose the, the big question is the Josh Allen one, as you have pointed out, and we discussed on last night's show how you know he is the the Bills' offense and uh, everything kind of flows through him. But missing um, the two uh, practices, I, I would be I'd be surprised if we saw him out there. I think they they might they would be foolish. I think the the Bills are playoff bound. Um, anyway, whatever the outcome of this game, um, so so to me, 
Um, it would be crazy to to put him out there, let it heal for for a week. It doesn't sound like it's a, you know they they seem to think he can re, uh, recuperate, but why risk it this week and then he could be out long long term? For me, the the impetus for the Vikes is probably the fact that they. Um, after this game, like this marks, I suppose, the stretch of an absolutely brutal kind of run of fixtures for them, um, where they play the, the Cowboys next, um, and then they have the, the Patriots and the Jets, um, whereas uh, for for the, the Bills, um, they face the Browns and the Lions next, so I don't think the impetus is um, as onerous on them i think the the vikings are looking at this and will feel that you know they really need to to get a couple of uh, another win um obviously they're in a really good position as you pointed out in the the division um but to me yeah i can um I can see why you've gone with the Vikings. I'm, I'm going to be the same. I think the Vikings will do it. Um, Michael is going um, with the Bills. He thinks no matter who the quarterback is, and I, they're at home, I can understand uh, that as well. I do think it will be a tight game because I think the, the Bills' defense um, is really, really solid, and it should be interesting to, to see. But I think that... Uh, Zed Smith and that Vikings defense will be able to get at Case Keenum and that will um, lead to the Vikings winning it. Um, you had uh, an, a point before we uh, move on to the next game. Yeah, and I think you kind of touched on it. You know, you called out the two games in which they have coming up leading into Thanksgiving when they're actually playing on Thanksgiving against the Lions. But prior, uh, prior to that, they play at home to the Browns. This is an NFC AFC game. So whilst it's not great to lose, it's an, you're losing to an NFC team. So, you know, there's no standing essentially that's going to impact them. The only impact really is, and we'll come to the Chiefs game shortly, they're home to the Jags. And with all due respect to the Jags, I think by large the expectation is the Chiefs will win. You're, you're allowing the Chiefs then to jump back into the number one seed. And we are getting to that stage of the season where we really do have to start talking about the number one seed. And it's such a crucial situation team because it, there's no one and two seed. There's no bye weeks for one and two anymore. It's only for the fourth seed. And you've also got the, the opportunity to play two home games to get into the Super Bowl. When the Bills won in Kansas City, everybody felt that was a step in the right direction for this Bills team to make sure they are the number one seed come January and everybody runs to Orchard Park. Well, we may not, that may not be the case again. So, look, they'll do their utmost to win, but I think they also have to look at the long-term view, which is if Josh Allen doesn't play, why risk him when we really know he's not ready because there's bigger games to come later on in the season. Well, if you're a fan of either team, uh, we are split on, on the show. Generally, when we're in consensus, uh, that, that can spell disaster for the team we all go for. Uh, so both both fans could go into to this with optimism, I think. Um, and moving on then, I suppose the, the next game we're going to look at are, the these are two teams who both kind of, enjoyed the week which is interesting obviously the the lions um travel uh, down the road to chicago to take on the bears brian the the lions getting a divisional win against their rivals the packers last week and i think for for me and i i i understand that this isn't a slight but um, the the reaction of the Bears fans to last week, you would genuinely think that they had won that game. I get it because finding your franchise QB is so important. Justin Fields is a really young guy. He's cost controlled, you know, for the next uh, three and a half years. So this is this is enormous for them. Um, and it's a Bears team scoring points in 
November. Um, it's been a while since they have had that. What do you think uh, will uh, happen in this NFC North matchup? I think the optimism for Bears fans is fair in a way because we saw so many struggles at the start of the season. I mean, it was only a month ago they played a Thursday night football game against Washington and could only put seven points up, but they did have drives into the red zone and really should have won that game. But they put up 32 points last week against a strong Dolphins team. They put up 29 the week before that against a strong Cowboys team. And they put up 33 against, um, 34 against the Patriots team, again, defensively on their day, are very strong. We, as you, you know, you've rightly called out throughout the course of the past few weeks, they've adjusted the offense, eventually, finally, eventually, whatever way you want to look at it, to, I suppose, play to the strengths in which Justin Fields has. He's playing on a level, which I don't generally didn't believe we would see. Um, they're the first team since 1976 to have four games in a row where a combined rushing yards of 225 yards or more. The last team to do that was the Steelers. So we're seeing many attributes to this offense because they've got the players there. Mark, like Montgomery, you've got uh, Herbert, two really good running backs. Cole Komet, the tight end, who slowly getting into it now, but he's starting to really gradually get, you know, he's starting to catch touchdowns. He's fitting into this offense. Darnell Millions had a good season. There's, they've, Herbert, for example, three touchdowns in the last four games at home running back. They're mixing up the players, different players are scoring touchdowns. Okay, it's all balanced with Justin Fields running for 178 yards. I don't think we're going to see that every week. So I can understand why the Bears fans would be more optimistic than even the Lions fans, despite their victory last week, going into this game. Because, look, the storyline last week for that game isn't how the Lions played or how their defense played. It's more about the frailties, again, of the, of the Green Bay Packers. But... I feel we've seen a drop off from the Lions team, in particular the offense. Like, bear in mind the start of the season, people were lauding Jared Goff for how well he was playing. But they put up six points in Dallas a couple of weeks ago. They got shot out. They got shut out in in New England. They only they put up fifteen points last week, um, two touchdowns and a, and a two point conversion against Packers defense that's been playing really poor. Uh, the worst defense in the league at thirty two. They're thirty second ranked in the league. Like Dan Campbell. He's kind of he's under pressure, in my opinion, you know, because there was a lot expected of this team. We obviously were forced into interview the long snapper, and he thought the team was going in the good direction. It looked like that was the case at the start of the season. They kind of looked like where the Bears are now. They were playing really well in games, but losing them. But there was an optimism that seems to have gone away, in my opinion. I'm with the Bears in this game. I think the Bears will find a way to win. I think it will be. I wouldn't say too high scoring game. I think both teams will put up points because the frailties of both defenses. But I think Justin Fields will again have a really good day and find a way to win this game for the Bears. Yeah, it's um, divisional matchups are always tough, and te- teams generally raise their games. They're generally close games, and um, I, I am really interested to see if Fields can continue this. We've talked about it over the past couple of weeks that they have finally leaned into what he can do. Um, and over the, the past three weeks, I suppose you've talked about it there, Brian, the ability to, you know, the, to, uh, to rack up yards in the air and on the ground. So they're, they're finding ways. They're not, they're not only leaning into, obviously, the record last week, but they're averaging over 31 points over the, the past uh, per game over the past three weeks as a Broncos fan. I I look at that and almost weep at, uh, at that, that ability. Three sustained weeks over 30 points. That is uh, quite something. Uh, the other uh, concern, I suppose, uh, for me for the Lions is the fact that under Dan Campbell, and you talked about the pressure that he might be under a little bit, um, the 
Lions are 0 11 and 1 on the road. Um, that is not uh, great uh, to be going in against a buoyant kind of um, Bears team. And the Bears have won seven of their last eight um, against um, the, the Lions. I, I do think um, it will be, be close. Um, I, I can see we've a, a couple of comments that uh, Owen Hurley is uh, thinks if the Lions will do it by by four, um, and I a- asked him why, and he has put it down to having uh, more more tools. Um, it'll be interesting to, to see if that is the case because the the Packers just seem to be kind of such a, a shambles at the moment. Was was it the Lions defense coming alive and? Don't get me wrong, I thought they had a very good game last week. But was that down to uh, Rodgers and the Packers and everything that's going wrong there? Um, I, I'm i going to say that the the Bears continue to to lean into what Fields has done. And um, they have a couple of really tough games um, back-to-back in December. So I think they're going to need, again, the, the victory. I think they'll eke it out. I think this could be a field goal game. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Lions won. I don't think it'd be an enormous shock, um, but I'm going to say the the Bears do it. And Michael has also gone for the Bears. So if you are a, a Chicago Bears fan, that that should worry you. And Owen Hurley may well be correct in his assessment that the Lions will go on to win this game. Yeah, Michael is often talking about the Claxton alert for, for you know, us going for the shock results. I think the Claxton alert has to come when we all start picking teams because, uh, as you said, that tends to go the, very, go the wrong way generally when we do that, when, when we're in that position. So three bears, interesting. Um, and uh, oh, some somebody none too happy with the, um, with the, with the Reggie Bush uh, jer- jersey. <laughs> Uh, look at that! I I I I cannot see uh, that that's that score. I think no no chance on that score. <laughs> um, but but um, I suppose the the next game moving on to to game three. Then Brian, we're going to look at the Browns um, traveling to Miami to take on the six and three Dolphins in an AFC matchup. What are your What are your thoughts on this game? Well, on Monday's show, I kind of made the point that I felt that this is the kind of game that the Dolphins will have to have a nitty-gritty win type of game, which they won against the Steelers a few weeks ago because they've been putting up a lot of points recently. Like we touched on a 35 last week, 31 the week before against the Lions. But in fairness to the, the Browns, defensively on their day, they, um, they find ways to slow the teams down. They did it two weeks ago against the Bengals on the Monday Night Football when we all thought there wouldn't be an adverse reaction to Jamar Chase being there. We thought the Bengals would still find a way to win. They essentially shut Joe Burrow and that offense down throughout the course of the four four quarters. Like, the Dolphins are putting up huge numbers. Uh, Tariq Hill, you know, you touched on last week, offensive player of the year, um, outside of the quarterbacks. Yeah, you can totally put it in Tariq Hill. 1,100 yards. He's only had three touchdowns, interestingly enough. It seems to be he'll take all the yards and Jalen Waddle will take all the touchdowns and we're starting to see the Waddle celebration time and time again. I think that's, they're comfortable with that because it's, it shows that you want to take Tyreek out of the game, that's fine. We have another player on the other side who's just as explosive and can do so much damage. And he's consistently been a great player since he came into the league and came out of Alabama. Jacoby Brissett had his best game two weeks ago. Um, you know, since he went in there, he, he did two weeks ago what we said. He, 
he could do to lend a hand for Browns to win games, which is just, don't make any mistake, methodical drives, 278 yards, and put themselves in a position to, to win. Nick Job is the second, I believe, second highest uh, running back in terms of yards, uh, rushing yards behind Saquon Barkley. They're going to need a big game over him. He's had, he's had over 800 yards, 10 touchdowns. That's the type of thing they're going to need to do to slow this, slow this juggernaut down, essentially. But it's as much as I think the Browns will find a way to keep it close and a little bit more low scoring than what we've seen recently, I still think this Dolphins team will find a way to get over the line. I don't think it'd be pretty. I think it'd be a lot less low scoring than what we've seen recently. And I compare numbers like Tyreek Hill's put up 1,100 yards, the highest explosive player for the, for the Browns offensively in the wide receiver position. And Marty Cooper, he's only 553 yards. I mean, it's literally half the yards. It just shows to show how explosive this Dolphins uh, offense has been. I think they'll get over the line. I think they'll get the win. I don't think it'll be as explosive as what we've seen over the past few weeks. It could be more along the, more along the lines of what we saw on that Sunday night football when they beat the Steelers 16-10, something around that, that type of score. Yeah, it's um, I, the Browns, I think, have done well enough, right? And you've talked there about um, Nick Chubb and kind of complimentary football, but I think the issue for the, the Browns is that they that rushing attack can like is good but the browns can struggle against teams that can score points because how do they keep up with those teams and we talked about the um the electricness of this dolphins offense i think the dolphins will have the ability to score points i think the issue for the dolphins is they have to sc- they they have to score that number of points because their defense has been giving up so many now they brought in Bradley Chubb. Um, can he make a difference? That will be uh, interesting to see. But I, I think this could be something of a shootout because I, I think both of these teams, the the defenses haven't been great, and both have um, you know look the Dolphins have been fantastic on offense. The the Browns, in fairness to Jacoby Brissett, have done reasonably well. Um, but I, I think that they will struggle to. Um, to score enough points to keep pace um, with the the Dolphins. I I think especially the fact that it is in um, in Miami um, and obviously um, that that makes a difference. We have seen the uh, the temperature uh, difference uh, earlier this year um, in terms of the sidelines and that's a very deliberate ploy by the Dolphins. But look, you leverage every advantage uh, you can get uh when when you're in uh, the nfl i think this is going to be another game where uh we go uh, across the board because i'm also on on the dolphins as is michael um if anyone out there is wa- watching and you think that the browns can do it interested to to hear why drop a, a comment in um, and we'll look to to get it up on the the screen or is everyone feeling that um, we know when Tua starts and um, ends the game, the Dolphins are 6-0. Does that uh, continue? Um, I did have to say I enjoyed Mike McDaniel um, at the 
podium and kind of talking about the Justin Fields and, and asking him to stop and making light of it. Um, in fairness, that was a, a good, uh, a nice moment. And uh, Keith is joining us, obviously, a big Dolphins fan uh, from Cork. And uh, yeah, expecting a, a close game. I think it'll be reasonably close, um, Keith, certainly. But we are all on the Dolphins, which should probably give uh, you uh, heart palpitations, Keith, because... Uh, <laughs> You know, I'm not sure that's a, a, a great, great sign uh, for, for you. Um, if uh, you're listening on the podcast, um, this will be the end of this particular section. Please do rate, review, subscribe. It does make a difference uh, to us. And the next uh, game that we are going to discuss is Mr. O'Leary's Giants, who are going to welcome the 1-6-1 and one Texans. Could this be a trap game for the Giants, Brian? Um, I, I thought we were going to be the trap team this season against all these. Not necessarily in this game. You know, it's unusual to hear... People discussing a trap game, which the Giants should win, and hopefully don't find a way to throw it away, which has been a great start to the season. Obviously, it's been a difficult week, really, in New York. Um, they've come back after bye week, and they should be all, you know, despite the difficult defeat in Seattle, they were in the game 10 minutes ago. It was all tied up, and unfortunately, as you discussed when I was away, special team mistakes are key in this league, and if you give too many of them away, it will cost you. And you were expecting a big bounce back this weekend. Uh, McKinney goes off in the bye week, Goes off on quad bikes, whatever you want to call it. You know, stuff that's in his contract as a waiver that you can't, if you're going to go on them, you're not going to get paid. And it's caused a lot of this, uh, you know, it's been, a, it's been a lot of controversy this week, which I'm sure Brian Dable and Joe Shane are not pleased about because all they want to do is focus on a game which the Giants really should be winning. I took time to, I stayed up last week to watch the Texans game against the Eagles um, on Thursday night because I was really keen to see this Texans team because. Once we look at majority of the highlights and we see them on red zone, I was keen to see how good Damien Pierce was. I was really impressed with him. He's 129 yards last week against the strong Eagles uh, defense. It was the second best in the league this year behind Kenneth Walker in terms of yards. But I would say outside of him, there's very little else there. And I don't mean to sound you know, unfair of the Texans team, but I think it's the reality of where they're at. They've only won one game this season, which was against the Jags. They only put up 13 points on the road. They haven't gone above 20 points in any game this season. Uh, I spoke about Davis Mills a couple of weeks ago, um, in particular the game against the Raiders. He'll play well. He reminds me of Daniel Jones and other young quarterbacks that come into the league. He'll play well for two to three, two to three quarters, keep, keep them in the game. But when it comes to the fourth quarter and it's time to really put your marker down and win the game and the, and the game speeds up, he doesn't have it. And we saw interceptions last week in the second half. And that's the type of stuff we've seen from. We saw it in Vegas against the Raiders. For the Giants... I mean, there is some bright spots. Like I know people are going to laugh at this, but Kenny Galladay is coming back this week and he's going to play for the first time in quite a while and where people just thought that it was time for him to move on and it looked like he potentially will get traded. He seems to be re-engaged, very focused uh, from what we've seen this week. And maybe he's shook up by the fact that they did get rid of Kadarius Tony. That, you know, he, it isn't against the realm's possibility that he will get moved on despite the big contract. Darius Slayton has rebounded well. Like We don't have a great core of wide receivers and people were... You know, expecting the Giants to make a move on the de- on the trade deadline, they didn't. Um, but at the end of the day, Kenny Galladay, Darius Slayton, Saquon Barkley with the season they're having, 
utilising the run game of Daniel Jones. And despite McKinney's absence for the next four to five weeks, the Giants have very much defensively been next man up and they've been really strong all throughout the course of the season against much better quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, etc. I don't see the Giants slipping up. And in previous seasons, with different coaching, I, I would, but Brian Dable and Wick Martindale and Kafka will, for me, will scheme up what they need to do to make sure the Giants get over the line in this game and move to 7-2 and two and then work, work towards the Lions again next week, which is arguably another very winnable game. So for me, the Giants will, will win this game. I wouldn't say comfortably on Sunday, but I certainly think they'll win by at least a touchdown. Yeah, I think as long as the, the Giants don't um, underestimate the, the Texans and they, they do their job, they should win. The reality is is that this is the Texans team giving up 180 yards on, on the ground. And as you've rightly pointed out, you've got Saquon, you've got Daniel Jones. Um, I, I imagine this could be very similar in ways to the Texans-Eagles game where the Texans will, and, and I, I'm i a big um, big fan of him. He, he showed, I think, in the offseason, and you rightly called it out, uh, Damian Pierce has been the, the shining light for him. I mean, his college coaches, I do not know what they were thinking not playing him. Um, and Wink Martindale was very, very complimentary, as you said. Like, uh, he, he did... Um, and I think it wasn't a Bill Belichick type piece where when Bill Belichick spends, you know, um, minutes talking about an opposing player, um, you know that he is he's overdoing it. Uh, the lady don't protest too much. But I think in fairness to, to Wink Farndale, because you can only say good things about this uh, this kid. Um, he has put the Texans on his back. He is the the one thing that is carrying them. And realistically for the Texans, this is all about kind of talked about it on the show before, finding out what they are going to do, um, you know, next, who's going to be around next year. You know, that's, they're, they're going to move on from, from Davis Mills. Um, I think they will approach it in the same way as the Eagles. And while the Giants don't have the receiving core um, that the Eagles do, I still would expect the Giants to win this one. Um, but this is another consensus game, though. Lots of consensus games this week. Um, so Michael is also uh, on, on the Giants. Um, does that give you a pause or concern, Brian? Uh, he's picked them twice this season, would you believe? Uh, Colin, in they won six games, and he was slagging me earlier in the season for not picking the Eagles much. He's only picked the Giants twice this season. Thankfully, in the two games in which he did pick them, they won both games, and they're about at home, which was the Panthers and the Bears game. Similar type of game to the Bears. Expectations is the Giants will win. Um, won't be pretty, but they should find a way to get over the line. No, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that Michael recognizes that this really is a game in which the Giants should get it over the line. And uh, for any of you uh, watching, is is there a, a pat, potential path to victory for, for Houston in any way, shape or form? Or is this uh, an opportunity for Saquon to maybe put a real stamp on um, certainly comeback player of the year, potentially offensive player of the year if he really puts a, a marker down if Saquon was to go off for 150 yards or so? You know, that, that would be a, a standout game. And a lot of times it can come down to maybe a, me- a memorable game um, for for people. Brian, the next game is, it's these are, are two teams who um, are, are pro- like both obviously storied franchises, great history. Neither um, are where they would like to be uh, at the moment. 
the the Saints travel to Pittsburgh to take on the the Steelers, the three and six Saints, who at, I would say don't have a, a franchise QB, um, have um, not not a whole lot in in cap space, um, and um, obviously have given away a number of their draft picks as well. Their travel to the Steelers, who are trying to find out if they have a franchise QB. But a Steelers team who have never had a losing season under Mike Tomlin, but are now currently four games under 500. Can they find a way to change that on Sunday? I believe they will. I, I, I'll say now I think the Steelers will win this game. This season, for me, we said it in our season preview, I didn't feel this would be a strong season for the, for the Steelers. I said it would be the fourth season in which they have a, a losing record under Mike Tomlin. But it was down more so to the fact that at some stage... We spoke about when we felt Trubisky would be uh, taken off the field and announced their first-round pick, Kenny Pickett, to, to come in. And Kenny Pickett's had a, a difficult start, I would say. Like me and you, I think we're in lockstep. We, fit, we felt just put him in at the start of the season. And he gradually would have matured throughout the course of the season. They might be in a better position now. He's had some difficult games. He's had to play some really strong sides. And in, in Buffalo, he's had to go into Miami. Like You, you touched on it last week on, on Twitter, the, the great response from... Um, Mike Tomlin, as he was going off the field in Miami, there he's back. You know, look, don't worry about it. better days are to come. And I think the better day might be this Sunday because I watched the Saints game on you know on Tuesday. I watched it in, in its entirety, and I was I was really disappointed with how the Saints played offensively. And now it looks like they're completely banjacks on the offensive line. Um, they're moving. I just they're moving their left guard to center. They're moving the right guard to right tackle. They're, literally, it's going to be a complete swap around on Sunday already in a situation where we've seen Andy Dalton struggle to get out, outside the pocket where the pressure comes and they can't, it's not sustainable. He's in a position where he's getting sacked and we spoke on the show about the fact that he's ahead of Winston and it looks like he will remain ahead of Winston. For me, that's a concern. Um, Taysom Hill, when we were in London, we were travelling back and we saw it last year how explosive he is, whether he's playing you know, as a receiver, quarterback, running back. He had three uh, scoring touchdowns against Seattle a couple of weeks ago. He had one in London and he threw a touchdown against Seattle as well. And since then, he's been non-existent. I mean, in a team that's struggling, would you not be best off serving, best served to use one of your most attribute, attributes in terms of Taysom Hill and what he brings to that offense? Landry's out for five games on the, in the defense. Davenport went off injured on Monday. Uh, Lattimore's out. There's so many injuries. They're completely banged up. They are where they are because, of, you know, we felt the Saints would have a, a reasonably good season, but they've had so many injuries. It's hard to see how they can win games. And the one thing you know with Mike Tom, in particular when they play at home, they will do their utmost to put themselves in a position to win games, whether they get over the line. I think most of their defeats at home have been close games. Like they lost to the Jets, they, they beat the Bucks, they, they, um, a couple of weeks back there was another game which they, it was tight and they got over the line. So I see Steelers winning this game on Sunday. I think it'll be, I, won't, don't, I don't even think it'll be close. I think they'll find a way to win this country enough. I, I don't know if it will um, be comfortable, but I, I do think that the the Steelers absolutely have their backs against the, the wall and, and they need to find a way to win. I think if they were to fall to two and, and seven, um, it would be very, very difficult for them to, to pick them, themselves up. Um, it, you know, is... I, you have to give young QBs time. And again, we, we saw the, the Bears last year um, with, uh, with Justin Fields. Um, we've seen the Eagles with Hurts. 
um, you you got to give them a chance to to see if they're really it. You got to put put weapons around them. Um, I, I I think the O line probably hasn't helped um, with with Pickett, and um, I would love to have seen. Um, Pickens probably do a little bit more. He'll probably should be targeted a bit more now. Obviously, with uh, Chase Claypool um, going uh, else elsewhere to to Chicago, I I think I, I it is a coin flip game. Honestly, it, it's one of those I you know where we we've, we've seen the the league. I think uh, I saw Schefter tweet about it during the week that the average. Um, winning is just over nine points. Um, it's certainly below ten. I think it was maybe nine point seven three was what I saw him uh, tweet during the week. Um, it's the the lowest it has been, and that is quite telling. And I think this game, I think this will be a close game because I think both of these teams are are really struggling offensively. Um, I don't imagine this will be. Um, one of those uh, high octane games. Um, this feels like a world away from that um, Chiefs Rams game that really stands out uh, from a, from a few years ago. This might be the antithesis of that. So I I'm going to say that I think that the Mike Tomlin finds a way to get the Steelers to a victory, and but Michael is going for the. New Orleans Saints. So we uh, are not in lockstep on this one. And Stephen is going for a tie. Yeah, you might well be right there, Stephen. I wouldn't be at all surprised if that was to certainly go into to overtime. And who knows what might happen at that stage. We will end this section of the podcast here. Uh, again, thank you, thanks for listening. Please do rate, review, subscribe. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe and hit the like button. So the next game will be the Denver Broncos, the 3-5 and five Denver Broncos, who won in London, then had a bye week and somehow ended up more injured after the bye week, traveling to Tennessee to take on the five and three titans who um had uh, a loss against the the chiefs brian how does this one play out i would suggest this is the most difficult game in the weekend to pick i genuinely have gone back and forth in this game i could see so many reasons as to why the titans should win this they're at home they've got derrick henry he ran another two touchdowns in last weekend previous week against Texas, he ran two in. He's averaging around 120 yards a game at the moment. He's really stepped up from what I would consider a very slow start to the season when he was only averaging around 80 to 85 yards a game. But it doesn't look like Tannehill is going to play again. That's the general consensus. He's not going to play. It's going to be uh, Willis again. Um, and that concerns me because I don't believe it's sustainable. He only had one throw in the second half against the Texans. The game was out of hand at that stage, so it wasn't anything to be concerned about. And in fairness, they, they got the game into overtime last weekend. But I did say on the show on, on Monday that they were in overtime because of the coach which they have, Mike Rabel. He's a fantastic coach. And he put them in a position to be in that game throughout the course, even to the very end. And it took a pass from Holmes. Fantastic drive and a fantastic play. 36 yards rushing, including running in touchdown and the two-point conversion to get the game into overtime. Didn't have one force down from seven minutes left in the second quarter until overtime. Um, that's a huge concern. This offence for me, if Derrick Henry is stifled, and in fairness to this 
Broncos defense throughout, despite the phrase of the season, despite your frustrations and Michael's, um, the defense has been consistent outside of maybe the game in, I would say, in Vegas, where the Raiders did a number on them. Throughout the course of the season, they've been consistently Patrick Sertain has shut down. We saw like they had a slow start in, in London against the Jags, but the second half, with the exception of one drive, they completely shut down the Jags. I can see a scenario where the Broncos shut down this Titans team again, and then it's on, it's in the hands of Russell Wilson. And Russell Wilson, for me, has had a slight uh, re-emergence. Um, the game in London, I thought he played after a slow start with the interception early on. He, he came back to himself in the second half. There was more expansive plays called and, you know, some big throws deep. Um, I, I think it's a great finding. Greg Dodge, the tight end, he had 87 yards in London. I think he's starting to kind of have a bit of connection. We saw him score a touchdown as well in, in LA against the Chargers. I'm going to go with the shock. Uh, well, is it a shock? I'm not sure. Like, it's a shock in the sense of the Titans are the favourites, but um, I'm not bought into this offence. We've seen two teams over the past few weeks slowing them down, um, including a Texans team in the second half where the Titans were struggling against them as well. So I'm going to go with the Broncos to go in and find a way to win. I don't think it'd be pretty, but I think Russell Wilson will find a way to get over, get it over the line. Coming off the bye week, for me, it's their last chance to learn, really, to maintain an opportunity to be in running for a wild card if they lose this game with the difficult way other games coming up I mean the Broncos still have to play the Chiefs twice got to play the Chargers again and then obviously the Raiders in itself is always a difficult game no matter what the record of the Raiders when you'll be at that game in a few weeks so I think this is a big weekend for the Broncos and I think I do genuinely think they'll get, they'll get the win I think the frustration for Broncos fans hasn't been the, the defense, which has been stellar. It's, it has been the offense, and it has been the fact that the defense has been great or very good for the last number of years, but stalling on offense. This year, um, and talked about it before, but th- this year the Broncos defense, despite Vic Fangio not being there and despite the fact that people said that the defense would take a step back, that hasn't been the case. The defense has actually been better than it was under Vic Fangio. More aggressive, more takeaways. Um, but and I, one of the most startling stats that I saw, and look, this is the midway point. It could change. Obviously, the Broncos have to face Patrick Mahomes twice. But uh, no defense in NFL history has allowed um, less than nine yards per completion over the course of a season. The Broncos, through eight games, are allowing 8.5 yards per completion. So the defense is more than holding up its end of the bargain. The question is, can uh, Russell Wilson find a way to spark the offense into light? Some interesting stats this week as well around the Broncos O-line, which has actually played pretty well, which would lead you to you know, ask more questions of the, the running backs. Um, the Broncos seem to have kind of acquired a collection of the... Um, of, of guys who've been elsewhere and have now moved over to, to the Broncos. It would be interesting to see maybe what they can do. I think if both of these teams were at full strength, the Broncos would be without KJ Hamler and probably Justin Simmons. But um, the the Titans and talked about Mike Frabel is a fantastic coach and um, his ability to wring every ounce from his troops is quite something. Um, Burks looks like he'll be back. That will help. But six of Tennessee's seven starters on the defensive front were on the injury report this week. Jeffrey Simmons is still in a boot. Um, he was in a boot today. Yeah. That is a huge loss. Um, if he can't if he can't play 
I, I think he's a game wrecker. I think he is up there um, with Donald, with Chris Jones, um, as the ability to just take over a, a game. And for that reason, um, you know, I, I just think I, I think this will be a bit like a few of the games this week, the um, the the Saints and the Steelers. I don't expect this will be high scoring. Um, I think this game will be one in the trenches, but I think the Titans are really beat up at the moment. So I am going to go with the Broncos to sneak it. But um, I, would, I wouldn't be at all surprised if... Um, the this was a 15-12 type game. I, I really think it could be that t- that type of game. It has a feel to it, all right. Yeah. Yeah, the that 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 uh, that could well be it. Michael is also going for the Broncos. So if you are a Titans fan watching this, there is plenty of uh, of hope f- for you in in that respect. Um I also see that the Danger Witch is now officially available. Um, and uh, a lot of talk this week about uh, quarterbacks wearing um, wristbands, but apparently Russell Wilson will be wearing one this weekend. Mo- moving on then to the last, uh, the last of the the six o'clock games, and that is the Jags at the Chiefs. Brian, how is this one going to play out? There's a storyline or two behind this game. I mean, Doug Peterson and Andy Reid have such a close connection. Doug, uh, Andy Reid gave Doug Peterson his first opportunity in the league as a backup with the Packers. He gave him his first opportunity to be a starter as well with the Eagles, and then he brought him back to be in the coaching staff. And then from there, when he left, Doug Peterson was promoted to be the head coach, and obviously went on to win the Super Bowl for the Eagles. So there's a lot of um, there's a lot of uh, close connections there, and we've, I suppose Andy Reid is at the stage of his career now where he has ties with a lot of teams and a lot of players and. Um, they have matched up once before and um, the Chiefs came out probably no surprise the Chiefs came out winning that game 79 when they played the Eagles a number of years ago when Doug Peterson was the head coach but um, I mean we were talking about that game in Wembley two weeks ago and we spoke about the fact that Travis Etienne and within that week was when Jim Robinson got traded to the Jets and we were all saying you know he hadn't he didn't have any snaps against the Giants and then he got traded and we were saying it was a bit of a surprise. Um, it was an immediate trade having the Jets lost Brees Hall. And we saw Robinson being so effective in the game in LA. But what we didn't realise was what they had in Travis Etienne. He's been so explosive. He did a number in so many games and he did a number on the, on the Broncos, to be honest, and he came out the wrong side of it. We still questioned why he wasn't handed the ball from a yard out to go in and run a touchdown. They didn't make that mistake, funny enough, last week in, in, in a crucial time. They made sure they gave him the ball. For me, he's the one. He's the bright spot here. We talk about Trevor Lawrence, but it's it. Everything for me with this Jags offense goes to Etienne. They have to get him on the field and keep him, keep Chiefs off the field, methodical drives, because whilst the Chiefs haven't played well on offense at times this season, Patrick Mahomes and you rightly called out last night, he has to be up there for the the MVP. I mean, last week he had seventy seven yards rushing. He had sixty three of them. He had six, thirty six yard rush on the last drive, and we spoke on Monday show about when the Chiefs don't play well. And Patrick Mahomes is deemed to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league. That it's the toughness, it's the mental toughness to go and win a game like that. And we, that was proven again last week. Um, he had 445 yards strong last week. He threw 43 of 63 attempts. I mean, essentially, they gave up on the run game. You know, it wasn't balanced offense. And they still found a way to get over the line. And against a really strong defense in the Titans. 
He's uh, unbeaten, I believe, in November. He's had 10 wins in a row in November throughout the course of his career. I don't see that changing on Sunday. Um, I think this might be a game, um, and it'll probably, you know, grind away at me, that Kadarius Tony saw little snippets of him on Monday, immediately coming off an injury, which for some reason seemed to be holding back his Giants career. He was able to get himself ready to play immediately for the Chiefs. I think we might see a breakout game for him this week. Um, and you rightly called out the fact that this offense has been spread around to so many players, and we were wondering... Would the loss of Tyreek Hill unbalance the team? In fact, it's it's they've re-emerged in a different way, in a different light, and everybody's getting their hands in the ball. Like I see a game on Sunday where Kadarius Tony has his breakout game in the NFL at long last, and he might get a couple of touchdowns. But for me, it's a it's a Chiefs win, and they'll roll to seven and two come Sunday evening. Yeah, it's it, it, it's difficult to look beyond um, the the Chiefs for the the Jags. Look, any anything is possible in in the NFL. I think that's really important. We've seen plenty of shocks, and if a team underestimates them or if they look beyond the the week, you can absolutely get caught. And the, look, the Chiefs have gotten caught. Everyone has gotten caught in in the past, but. Um, Kelsey is having one of those seasons. He had another 100-yard game. He now has 32. So he equals Rob Gronkowski for the most uh, 100-yard games by a tight end. Um, But we've also seen Travis Kelsey earlier this year. Was it 25 yards and four touchdowns? Um, So he can have those type of games as well. And, And the Chiefs just seem to find a way. We've talked about Mahomes, the magician. He he makes you know the the magical look mundane at this point. Um, I I think the the Chiefs ha- should show up, um, and they they need to to take care of business. For them, it's all about securing the the number one seat. They want the AFC to have to go through Kansas City. They do not want it to to have to go through Buffalo. Nobody wants to have to go to to Buffalo to play a playoff game. That means taking care of business. They did did it last week. They found a way um, to to beat the Titans. They should be able to to take care of business as well. For the Jags, it's about improving. You talked about Travis Etienne. He was electric against the, the Broncos. He's like, a, you know, he is, there's a lot of talk over the years, you know, about different players and kind of the human joystick. Um, he could be the, the next kind of human joystick as such. His ability to get to the outside and find space and be so slippery is fantastic. Um, but I am going to say that the Kansas City Chiefs um, will win this game. And Michael is also going with the uh, Chiefs. So we are all in on the Chiefs. So maybe that means that the uh, the Jags will shock uh, the world. We will have to, to wait and see on, on that one. And that will end this segment of the podcast uh, as we end the 6 p.m. games. Please do rate, review, subscribe. It is all very much appreciated. Moving on to the uh, late, later games, I suppose. Brian, the next game has, I mean, b- both of these teams, my goodness. Um, I, I Like the Colts have had a, a week, you know, I mean, look, there. you would say the Colts have had a week unlike any other, and then obviously the, the Commanders being the Commanders, um, but but the Raiders, um, the Raiders have, having a season, like, they're so bad that Blake Martinez has decided to retire mid-season. Um, 
<laughs> Which way is this game going? Uh, God, it's it's. You're right. I mean, the Raiders have been kind of kept off the off the ball this week because of all the other stuff that's going on within the league. I mean, the casting is <clears throat> it's a it's a fiasco in itself, and you know, Josh McDaniels has to be under pressure. And I know Mark called out on the show on Monday that they're joined at the hip, essentially that they brought in a GM and a head coach, but we have seen GMs in the past, you know, avoid being let go and the owner just says enough's enough for that head coach. I mean, he's in a no-win situation for me on Sunday, Josh McDonald. If they lose the game, they've lost to a team and a coach that has never coached in the league, nor has he had any even experience as a background coach in the league. And if they win the game, it'll be, well, he should have won that game anyway. So, He's not hiding to nothing on Sunday. He's lost Hunter Renfro for four weeks. He's gone on IR. They've lost Waller, essentially, now. Like, Waller has been non-existent this season, so he's gone on IR. And they're reliant on Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams, and, and Mac Collins. And, like, it's just not it's just not working for them, and they're finding ways. We spoke last night about the mental toughness in this league and the mental resolve in which this Raiders team had last year to put themselves in addition to the playoffs. That's not there under this coaching staff. They've given up three 17-point leads this season. And whenever about losing 17-point leads in, in Arrowhead, because we've seen many a team to go in there and hit the ground running only to be caught up by the, the Chiefs. But last week against the Jags, in not too much of a difficult environment, like with all due respect to the Jags, going into play in Jacksonville, nine times out of ten, it's like a home team. Home game, sorry, because there's, there's so many fans that travel or fans living in that area that support that particular team. And they still found ways to lose. Derek Carr is not... I, I picked the Reds to go to playoffs... Derek Carr is not playing at the level we saw towards the back end of last season. He's struggling. His offensive line is struggling. And then this Colts team, I mean, I looked at the stats on Monday's game. We were talking about Judon last night. I mean, Judon had a field day on Monday. Sorry, last Sunday against this Colts team. Um, they had 13 drives in which they punted every single time. There's no consistency. Jonathan Taylor looks like he's going to come back. That's that's a great sign for them to have him back because he can steady the ship, essentially, and, and keep them, you know, try have these long drives. I, I'd ask the question, you know, the owner is probably, I probably know the answer, but the owner's made a decision essentially to get rid of Matt Ryan out of the team. What's to say Jeff Saturday doesn't turn around now and say, we're best served having Matt Ryan as the quarterback? Does the owner turn around to him and say, no, that's not going to happen? Because right now, this young lad who's come into the team, we saw it against Washington, they got themselves in the position to win the game, not because of him, because of how well their defence played on the day. He didn't do anything last weekend. They're not going to win with him a quarterback, of course. I think the Raiders are fortunate they're landing into the situation this week where there's so much upheaval with the Colts that they're going to win this game. But I don't think it'll, it'll change the matter of how their season's going to progress. The Raiders to win, uh, I wouldn't say a blowout, but I think we're going to have to see a major performance from the Colts. I and mean, we don't even know if the Colts players are going to be bought into Jeff Saturday. I mean, we spoke on Monday about the fact that there's many a coach there that with coaching experience would have felt that they were in a position to be given the opportunity to re, re-energise their careers and potentially get an opportunity to coach again in the league and they've been bypassed to bring in Jeff Saturday because of previous relationships. And it doesn't bode well when you see the, the owner at press conference this week and he's talking gobbledygook about we've been in the upper echelon of winning in this league for so many years and I don't I don't even know what he knows what he's talking about anymore. So for me, I'll be getting off the point here, Raiders to win the game. Well, I don't, I don't know if he can get off the point because it has just been such a strange week for, for both of these teams to to a lesser um, extent the Raiders. But this this Colts situation is is unprecedented in in ways. You know, we we hear that um, Jim Irsay, um 
first reached out on Sunday um, to, to Jeff Saturday about becoming interim HC, passing over a whole host of people. Um, so now, yeah, it's a head coach who, who's never coached in the league, the play caller who's never called plays, the rookie QB who's yet to, to win a game, although, um, and, and you, you hinted at it like, yeah, it seems to have been the owner's decision. Matt Ryan was at training today for the first time in three weeks. Um, so who who knows what might happen, but it's kind of impossible um, to to look at the situation with the Colts and look how the season has gone, and look at the money that they are spending on, on the O line. And I mean, it, it just some of some of it is truly baffling uh, about just how bad they have been. Um, it will be interesting. It's it's an experiment uh, to parachute a coach uh, or a guy who has never coached beyond the high school level. Um, and certainly, you know, he, the, the noises coming out of the Colts um, today were, there were PR noises. It's what you expected. It's a tougher regime. They're working hard. Um, but then you hear what it was that like, oh, the, the offense ran a play and it didn't go well. So he stopped it and he told them to do it again. And they did it. They did it well. And then he said, why didn't, why didn't you do that the first time? I mean, look, these are, these are grown men, many of whom have played in the league a long time. I don't know how that's going to, um, wash with with them. Could 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 they, the Colts win this? Certainly they could because things are clearly not right in Vegas. As a Broncos fan, I can't say I'm particularly surprised. I saw um, with my my own two eyes what Josh McDaniels did uh, in Denver. Um, honestly, there were people in Denver who to this day will tell you that. Um, Bill Belichick sent Josh McDaniels to Denver to be a sleeper agent to destroy the franchise from the inside. Um, they will they will tell you that, um, and they will earnestly believe that to, to be the the case, and that he should um, never have gotten uh, another head coaching job. The Colts also have a reason, particularly for Jim Irsay and for Chris Ballard, to want to win this. Have Josh McDaniels having left them at the altar remember that that happened like you know he was all set to take over the the job they had his coordinators in in situ everything was in place and then at the 11th hour he decided not to so um i i, I would say that you know that's um that's a, gr- a grudge match go- going in there the raiders also got rid of yet another first round pick this week I mean, was that, it was five, I think, five, certainly five of the last six, if if not. Five, five of the last six are no longer on the roster. Yeah. I mean, that Stamina. that is spectacular um, to, to look at that. These are, are two franchises in desperate, desperate need of um, stability, but like a stability only when the right people are in place. And the problem is, I think in, in both instances, the, the owners have been over-involved. The, the Raiders looked under their interim head coach last year. They looked a lot more stable, um, but they decided, you know, he wasn't a big enough name perhaps, and, and they were moving on from him. Now they'll have a decision to make, I think, at the end of the season um, about their, their head coach and their QB. Though if they were to lose this game, I could see Josh McDaniels 
losing um, his his job um, if they were to lose to the cause. I, I wouldn't see a way, um, as you said, for him to to remain in situ. Um, for for that reason, I'm going to go with the Raiders, but I don't say that with any conviction whatsoever. Um, I, I other than the fact that they have people in place who have called plays previously. Should that count for something? Yes, will it? Well, we'll have to wait and see. I think for the Colts to salvage the season, they should bring Matt Ryan back in. I know Matt Ryan has been struggling. He's had some reasonably good games. He played like played well against the Jags there a few weeks ago. I mean, this is the thing. It wasn't like his, his performances were poor week in, week out. There was some bright spots. Uh, not a lot. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not dismissing that. that he was quite poor against several teams this season. But when you're in a situation where you have a coach who's never coached in the league before, and you're and you're also then trying to build a trust of a relationship with a quarterback that's not played in the league for very long, that to me is is only a recipe for disaster. They should be leaning on an experienced quarterback like Matt Ryan to come back in, and they just have to take the bumps in the road at the season and essentially just accept that this season is not going to be what they expected. And there was large expectations for this team to be in the playoffs. We all picked them to win the division. It hasn't materialised, but. If they want to put themselves in a position to win games, I think that has to be with Matt Ryan, a quarterback. Um, not a rookie who looks like, unfortunately, he's out of his depth. And that's that's unfair on the on the kid, but that's the reality of the situation. I think it'd be best there bringing Matt Ryan back in. But the owner is dead against it, so it's probably unlikely to happen because I'm sure Jeff Saturday is happy he's been in the position that he's in, but he's not going to rock the boat too much, in my opinion. My understanding is there are contract implications as well if if Ryan plays, um, and sometimes that can feature into a decision. So um, I don't know. I, I I would agree. Like I I can get I can understand maybe moving on from a veteran QB when it's not really going well. If you have a real kind of up and coming rookie who you know you you believe in um but i don't know whether they really believe in this guy or if it is just a contract piece um if, if they believed in him Colin, he would he would have been in when, when wentz gone he would have been in you know they would have said look wentz is gone because we recognize this kid is now we're holding this kid back and he has to play that's not the case they went out and did the trade with the falcons because they thought matt ryan was going to be the step the, the final kind of piece to the to this offense which is good and on the day can be really explosive and they thought he'd be he still felt it was the Falcons holding him back more so than Matt Ryan holding the Falcons back Michael is also going for the Raiders but um, Stephen thinks that McDaniels is a total spoofer and perhaps that Indy can win a close one I'm not going to disagree on McDaniels being a spoofer um could Indy win it? Yeah, I'm, but I'm gonna I'm gonna lean uh, Raiders. And um, well, you made a good point. Nick Foles is there. Why aren't they utilizing Nick Foles? I mean, Nick Foles can hold his own in this league. <laughs> there, there, there's clearly stuff going on behind the scenes. Um, yeah. you know that that maybe we're not privy to. So um, I don't certainly... think anybody's ever will be. No, well, this owner. Maybe, maybe in the future, uh, we we will we will get to to hear it. Um. Okay, the the next game um, that we're going to talk about um, is a, a team um, who, well, when Dak Prescott was asked about OBJ earlier, he looked like the Cheshire Cat with the grin on his face. And the Dallas Cowboys will travel to Lambeau Field to take on the Green Bay Packers. What's going to happen in this one, Brian? 
You're not saying things that I want to hear, Colin. You know, you're, you're suggesting that Odell Beckham is going to Dallas. Um, still holding your hope that we might see a return to New York. Doesn't seem like that's the case anymore. Um, this is an interesting game, and again, many storyline. Okay, the Packers this season, like this throughout the course of any season, is a fantastic game, and it feels like it's been quite a while since the Packers played in Lambeau. They've been on the road, and obviously they're in London. Um, it'd be interesting to see how the how the fans react to. They're coming off five defeats in a row. Will they be fully behind them on Sunday? Mike McCarthy's coming back to Green Bay. If I'm right in saying it's his first time coming back as, as head coach of the Cowboys, and there's a road near um stadium called the Mike McCarthy Way, and I'm sure he'd be keen to have his way on Sunday. And I, I was interested to watch the sound bites throughout the course of the week leading up to this game because interesting people who are still around what they say about Mike McCarthy, because let's not forget he did win a Super Bowl for him in Dallas, as it happens, back in 2011 against the Steelers. Aaron Rodgers said this week he's gritty on the outside and he's a soft little teddy on the inside is how he referred to Mike McCarthy. Now bear in mind that one of the reasons which why Mike McCarthy was shown the door was because their relationship had completely broken down between him and Rodgers and now Rodgers is coming out and saying all the nice things. I, if I was LaFleur I'd be kind of nervous to hear that type of stuff because um, what's he saying about LaFleur in the background? You know, it's a rare one because, like, Ezekiel Elliott, who's had a reasonably strong season for the Cowboys, got injured against the Lions a few weeks ago, and he's going to play with a knee brace. He's still actually questionable whether he'll even play on Sunday, but if he does, he'll play, play with a knee brace. Tony Pollard, I mean, we've been saying it, Cowboys fans have been saying it, it's time for it's the Pollard show now. He should be playing. We saw a little bit more explosiveness with the Cowboys' offense against the Bears a few weeks ago, but how much of that is down to the Bears' defense being quite poor? They didn't play overly great against the Lions the week prior to that when, when Dak did come back into the game. What we've seen out of this Cowboys offense this season, no matter who the quarterback is, it's not the explosiveness of, of, of what we're used to. It's more methodical. And I see that again on Sunday against the Packers defense, which in fairness has had a struggles over the past few weeks and the indiscipline that we're seeing. They've lost quite a few players this week. There's a series of injuries with this Packers team now, both offensively and defensively, which is really cruel to them because coming into this game, you want all your players available. Cowboys defense is so good. Micah Parsons and this front seven. If they get to Rogers, it's going to be a long day. The Packers offense is 17th in the league. Sorry, it's 27th in the league offensively. Bearing in mind this has been a top five explosive offense over the past few years. To see them, no matter who's playing there with, with Devontae Adams not there anymore, to see them averaging only 17 points a game up throughout the course of the season, 27th in the league. If they put up only 17 points on Sunday, do I think it's enough to beat a Cowboys team? I don't. Um, I think the Cowboys will will win this game. Yeah, you mentioned the Packers' injury, Brian. They had 17 players listed on the 18 players listed on the injury report yesterday, uh, 17 today with Christian Watson coming off. That uh, list includes Aaron Rodgers with the, the right thumb. It includes David Bakhtiari, includes Mason Crosby. Uh, we know, obviously, um, Gary is placed on uh, IR and Romeo Dubes is out for an extended period. Um, Mercedes Lewis is on there. Aaron Jones is on there. Things are are clearly, um, uh, you know, both in terms of injuries, both in terms of play, both in terms of the way, just the chemistry in the team. Um, we saw, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers talk last week about like get it, you know, the offense going out together and having a great time and building chemistry, and we didn't see any of the results of that against the Lions. 
it, I, I can't go against this Cowboys defense, which has been stellar. And yeah, fair fair point about um, Zeke. Yeah, we got another meddling owner. Sometimes owners should just sit on their hands and let the the coaches get on with it. For me, I'm going to say that the uh, Cowboys get the the victory in this one. Um, And this is a consensus game because Michael is also going with the Cowboys. This this has to be like a siege mentality type game for the Packers. Like us against the, the world here. No one expects us to win. We're back in Lambeau. Crowd get into it. Keep the game close. Get yourself into the fourth quarter, and hopefully things can will go right on on your on your on the day. And we've seen that throughout the course of the season, there's been many a shock results. Like if they were to win on Sunday, yeah, it would be a shock. It wouldn't be an it wouldn't be we wouldn't be sitting here Monday evening saying it's the biggest shock of the season or anything like it, or even the biggest shock of the weekend. But um, it's just the problem is that Mark called it out on the show on Monday. Like this is where you need your quarterback to rally the troops. And we've seen time and time again that Rodgers just doesn't seem to be that type of quick player, doesn't seem to have that type of mentality with his team. Um, it, you know, we've, I wouldn't necessarily say he's throwing people under the bus. I know Fred, who watched the show, referred to it during the week with his Pat McAvee interview, saying he felt he was distancing himself from a poor performance. I actually didn't. I felt he put his hands up and accepted that he was responsible for some of those interceptions. But are we going to see that on Sunday? Are we going to see Rodgers rally this team into a position where he can win the game? I just don't see it, unfortunately. I think the Cowboys... Are six and two for a reason, and I think comes something seven and two as well. Brian, the the next uh, game we're going to discuss is an NFC West matchup, where the three and six Cardinals, who featured on Hard Knocks uh, this week, travel to LA to take on the three and five Rams, who lost in the closing seconds to Tom Brady and the Buccaneers last weekend. Which of these teams can get their fourth win of the season? God, my, uh, Colin, I, I was struggling to put points together for this game today and notes and I come to some of the analysis, some of the stats of both teams. Uh, right now, we don't know if Matthew Stafford's going to play. He's in concussion protocol. Um, Colin Murray has now since come been put on the uh, the injury report as well with the Cardinals. Don't think it's as severe as the Matthew Stafford situation, but there is a concern that he may not be available. And at this stage, with Stafford still in concussion protocol, bear in mind the experience of what we've seen throughout the course of the season with Tua, the scrutiny around the league on this. I, I struggle to see how he'll play on Sunday. Yeah, he might get cleared tomorrow, but again, will he be fully cleared and will he be in a position to go out and play that game? It's been a difficult one for the Rams. Like last Sunday, they had 13 drives in which they punted off nine. They can't get anything going offense. The, the game which they won against the Panthers even a few weeks ago when it was the fourth game in which Steve Wilkes went in as head coach. I mean, they, they won that game late and it looked a lot more comfortable than it was. They've just struggled throughout the course of the season. And their offensive line, I mean, they put up a, a notice on the screen last week in the, in the Bucks game around the five guys that were there last season. There's only two of them there now. This offensive line hasn't gelled together. Matthew Shefford is struggling. Cooper Cup, yeah, he's still a great player, but they have no running game. Henderson and Akers, you know, Akers was due to be released or traded. It hasn't materialized. Now, obviously, he's back in with a chance of playing. The defense has struggled, you know, this season. And when I say they struggle, like, you look at the numbers. They haven't given up huge points, but they're just not the defense we've seen in the past. They're not getting to the quarterback. They're not getting the sacks. Aaron Donald's having a very quiet season. And the one thing I would say about the Cardinals, and look, I'm not very high up in the Cardinals. We spoke about it Monday. 
like offensively they are playing a little bit better than what we've seen like they put up 21 points last week against a good strong Seattle defense to do what we've seen this season 26 the week before that and then okay there's a few pick sixes in there but huge numbers against Saints 42 the, the previous game they are putting up points and I believe if they put up anything in between 24 and 30 points on Sunday they'll win this game and I'm going to side with the Cardinals. Um, I think they beat them there last season. They lost the playoff game. They're, you know, they have the experience going in there. It isn't daunting with all due respect because of the, the difference, the imbalance of fans there. So I'm going to go with the Cards. Um, I don't even know if they, they're not the favourites. It is, is it a shock? I'm not, I wouldn't say it is. Uh, Cardinals for me. Yeah, this is certainly uh, a game where you're looking at it and both they both have been so disappointing and obviously for the the cardinals a lot was exposed on hard knocks and uh josh wine who we've had on the the show with us um has uh, kind of tweeting out some of his observations and what he had said was it was going to be interesting to get a peek at you know how Cliff Kingsbury operates behind closed doors and how he deals with stress because he doesn't give away anything um, in terms of um, in, in front of the, the media. And one one of the things that he pointed out was that the Hard Knocks um, neglected to mention that he had actually been fired by Texas Tech. So if you were watching Hard Knocks, uh, you would not know that. You would think that the Cardinals had just um, picked him up from Texas Tech and not that they had fired him because his teams tended to collapse in the second half of, of the seasons. And obviously we saw the or got to hear the exchange between Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, um, uh, um, which, you know, uh, the frustration, you can sense it, um, you know, that, that it's there and, and Vance Joseph's frustration. And I I don't know. T- to me, I, I look at it and um, I, I can see... I can see how both teams can win this game because you've rightly pointed out the cards can score points. But I just think the wheels are coming off there, right? Hopkins has come back, um, but him and Murray clearly aren't on the, the same page, but a Baker isn't there. And I know Hopkins, um, I saw, or um, Carla Murray was on the practice field today, so he should be okay to go. Um, in some ways, I almost wonder if uh, if Stafford being out would would nearly be a, a blessing in in disguise for for the Rams to give them a change to to do something because they desperately need a spark. To me, the the Rams need this more because they have invested so much into the the win now in bringing back Aaron Donald in bringing back Ramsey. I. I, 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 I could do. I could definitely coin flip, but I'm going to say that Sean McVeigh manages to to find a way for them to win. But again, this is one where I'm calling it with. I like I, I was waiting until right now to to make the call <laughs> right. on that because I didn't know. I genuinely didn't know which of the the teams are like a total coin coin toss. Michael has not given me a pick for this particular game. Um, so I, I don't know which way he's going, but we we are split 50-50, Brian. John Walford was the backup quarterback for the Rams. Uh, he played, I think, I believe last season when Stafford stepped out of it, and he played reasonably well. I think it might be the game in Seattle. He played reasonably well. Then he got a concussion and had to leave the game. So once he was in there, he played reasonably well. It'd be interesting if he is if he does play 
on Sunday what the reaction is offence because there's a lot of people that feel and we spoke about it very early in the offseason the fact that Stafford had this operation on his elbow everybody was as you said declaring it as nothing's wrong he's back he's 100% it's clearly been a concern for him throughout the course of the season I wonder would he give them a bit of a, a spark if he was to play will he be able to do it consistently over the course of the season I'm not sure but in a, in a game where they need to win it's a divisional game um, they, you know, maybe it is one of those games that they will find a way to win if they play the backup as opposed to Stafford who, who seems to be struggling but it's like anything in this league your offensive line can protect the quarterback it doesn't really matter who's your quarterback yeah very very true so the final game Brian that we are going to preview this evening Sunday night football it sees the uh, two, two, two of the Californian teams um, the Chargers will travel to face the San Francisco 49ers. How do you see this one playing out? Well, I was trying to get a check today to see where we're at with this Chargers offense because uh, we spoke about it Monday, spoke about it pro, uh, prior to last Sunday's game, in which we both picked the Falcons, and a lot of that was down to not so much how Herbert is playing, but the fact that Keenan Allen was out. It looks like he's going to be out again. It uh, doesn't seem to be any... Uh, uh, feedback or information on when Williams is coming back and right now for me this offence is struggling and Eckler without Eckler right now they you know where would they go offensively Everett the tight end hasn't he started off the season well got Parma got Carter for me they, they just haven't hit the ground running this season there's been too many stop starts where the team look like they're getting things together offensively and you're going up against the 49ers team you know, two weeks ago, prior to their boy, they went into LA, and again, okay, it was a struggling Rams team, but McCaffrey had that big breakout game, and it's a like it's a marquee trade, it's a significant trade, and like we need to see this 49ers team start to kind of up the gears here now, going into the second part of the season because the division is within reach. With all due respect, they well, Seattle played; they're only one game behind in the division, and a lot of people felt this was 49ers division to win uh, at the start of the season, despite the fact that the Rams had won the won the Super Bowl. It's Jimmy's team right now, um, and I've I've made my clear my feelings very clear about this head coach and how he's supposed to be the defensive master that's come in to correct this Chargers defense and it hasn't materialized so far. They're very poor against the run and they're going up against McCaffrey, who's you know starting to kind of get as I said get his feet under the ground in San in San Francisco. Come back off the bye week, Chargers have been away in Atlanta playing. They've traveled back. I think 49 are going to come back fresh. Sunday night football, we saw it a few weeks ago. They had a Monday night football against the Rams. They were coming off, I think it was like money with a mini buy at that stage. They won that game. Um, I expect the 49ers to win this game on Sunday as well. Yeah, I, I, you you certainly have major feelings about Brennan Staley clear. Um, personally, I put oh, almost more the blame on uh, Joe Lombardi, who I would like to see in The Hague for crimes against Justin Herbert um, because the way in which that offense plays is mind-numbing. You would genuinely um, think um, that, you know, they they had um, some kind of third-string QB in there in the way in which they don't allow Herbert to uh, throw the, the ball. Uh, down the the field and and it's just kind of it's infuriating really um to to me the the 49ers obviously losing uh, an, another player on on defense to injury um and uh, a, a really un, unfortunate one 
um, with uh, with their cornerback going out. I think he has had is it ten um, serious injuries that I I read there there or thereabouts. He's only played um, forty or, or so games and super 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 talented, um, but it, they just they just unfortunately seem to be a magnet for um, these these injuries. I I've made my feelings on on Jimmy G clear, but I think you you win with Jimmy, um, not because of Jimmy, and I think that is the reason they went out to get Christian McCaffrey, um, who is electric, and if he is on the the field, it totally changes it up. I don't know if Debo is going to to be playing or or yeah, not. He is. He is. He is. Yeah. So if you yeah, have Florio, Debo, Mike Florio was talking about this, uh, this evening when I watched it, yeah, he's due to play. So you have Debo, you have McCaffrey, you have Ayuk. Um, the the Chargers' defense is is good, but I, I just think that it, it, there's there's too many weapons there. Um, you know, if 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 you sw- switch the QBs, um, you know, uh, that that would be quite telling. If Justin Herbert had the sort of weapons that Jimmy G has, I think, my goodness, what sort of points would he put up? I think this will be a slog because I think you you have um, you know two teams who defensively are okay and I know you question uh, Staley um, but I think that's maybe m- making poor decisions in terms of going for it on, on fourth down and, and stuff like that but to, to me you know we went with the Falcons last week and, and ultimately they were a, a stupid fumble away from, yeah, from winning that exactly. um, I, I do think this will be a tight game but I am going to say that the uh, the 49ers win it um, but I I think that um, yeah, it will it will end up being uh, a close one, and yeah, who who knows what will happen in with with the Chargers in in the off season? Because if if things don't go right for them, I think they will inevitably have to make changes to the coaching staff because they have a ridiculously talented QB, and they need to obviously make the most of the the rookie deal there. Michael is still a believer in the Chargers, and he thinks that they are going to um, get the the win. Brian, any final uh, points on, on this, or indeed any of um, Sunday's uh, games before we wrap up? No, I suppose just to say, um, unfortunately, you won't be joining me in, in Munich this weekend. Um, myself and Michael will be out there um, uh, pushing content out throughout the course of the weekend. Um, I believe we're going to be doing um, a broadcast of some sort on Saturday afternoon from Munich, the city centre itself. Um, a lot of content going out Sunday at the game as well. Significant weekend for the NFL. Um, first ever game to be played in mainland Europe and at the Allianz Arena. Um, and, a, and a great game as well. I mean, I'm really looking forward to seeing... Seattle first hand um, quite high in them as you know at the start of the season so um, a lot of expectation around Brady going in having won last weekend that they will ride the ship and get their season back on track but um, I think they're up against a stiff opposition in Seattle but uh, it's the making of a great game and a, a great weekend ahead for, for the NFL for fans this side of the world and as well for the show yeah, absolutely. And hopefully yourself and Michael will thoroughly enjoy the, the time over there. Um, certainly, I think the atmosphere will be electric. It will be very interesting to compare that to, to London. But obviously, there's such a culture uh, of American football and such history of it in Germany that I really do think the atmosphere will be something else um, and look forward to, to hearing the, the stories. 
we will be back again on Monday to review all of the week 10, uh, I guess all of Sunday's action and to preview Monday night football. In the interim, please do um, subscribe on YouTube. Please do rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. It um, means a lot and it does help other people to find us um you can always reach out on twitter we always enjoy interacting with fans and if you are heading over uh, to the game in munich enjoy it check check out the, the content and reach out to the lads um they will be over there brian you get in on saturday michael is obviously there at the moment um but it should be a great weekend thanks for tuning in this evening and we look forward to talking to you all again on monday